everybody this is dennis and this is the funky brain podcast thanks for tuning in today our guest today he is an award-winning filmmaker focused on environmental and animal rights issues and he started working in production at the young age of 13 and was winning awards at 16 and he's worked on projects from popular tv hit shows to um international documentaries and he's going to talk about some of that stuff here but the main reason we're here today with him is to have him talk about overcoming some major struggles and hurdles in his life to help transform him into that incredible man that we see here today. I love his work and his philosophy, and I think you're going to love him too. Mr. Eric Crown, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, Dennis. I'm really happy to be here with you. Thanks for having me on today. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, me too. We're going to have a lot of fun, man. So tell us a little bit about your story. So let's hear it, man. In 2005, I was diagnosed with cancer. And it's a type of cancer that they were not able to exactly pinpoint the origin of or to, to know exactly how to approach it. So since 2005, I've had 15 surgeries and I have been on two different rounds of chemo and spot radiation and some other um, experimental drugs, actually. You know, it was, it was a long transition, but it was actually the blessing of my life because my cancer, I call my sharpening stone. It made me re-examine my entire life and it made me think, you know, because I, there was times where I didn't know if I was going to make it through. And I think, you know, we can all relate to those moments um, when, when you're down in the worst spots and you don't know how you're going to do and you don't know what or if you're going to make it. And that's the moment where you sort of redefine, rebuild and then grow from. And so the cancer actually focused my life into having a purpose, which before I was having fun. I was working in Hollywood. Uh, as you mentioned, I was, you know, I worked on some sitcoms. Um, not many people know that I was the first paparazzi on TMZ that was attacked by Kanye West at the airport in 2008. <laughs> then there's, uh, so we got some Emmys for the work that we did on TMZ. Um, I've always worked on, you know, a lot of um, projects that try to be activist or try to be conscious of what's happening so that we can always examine what's going on. And, you know, the cancer, like I said, it was a real blessing because it took me from having my own concerns of wallowing in this sort of negative way of thinking almost. And, you know, every day that I get now is a treat. It's a gift. You know, I don't know if I have tomorrow. And even if I do have tomorrow, I don't know if it's time in between stitches for me or it's time in between medications. So the value of your every day is, it's just so monumental. And, you know, I, I, I feel lucky that cancer taught me that because I did not appreciate it before that. Wow. Yeah, that is really powerful. You know, we say in our, our world of recovery, um, some people, and when I started, and it's been a long time now, but uh, people would say, I am a grateful alcoholic or I'm a grateful recovering person. And you're like, why the hell would you be grateful to be an alcoholic or grateful to be a recovering addict or whatever? And it's because it's that disease, that sickness, that illness, that addiction, that got me to this point where I was able to see things differently and then, and be appreciative of each day, each moment, each hour, each month, like right living in the moment. So that's such a powerful story. And so what are some of the things that you're doing today that are keeping you occupied and pushing forward? Because I mean, you have a lot that and you're going through your head every day, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's it's difficult. Uh, I'm still on um, medication right now, so 
I still have a lot of uh, issues that I have to deal with through muscle spasms, uncontrollable spasms. Um, you know, there's a lot of physical things. So it's made me more determined than ever to point out because, you know, my cancer, they couldn't figure out if it was genetic or not. And so we, we're in this gray area. Nobody knows. Now, you know, in California, they have double the amount of smog. Uh, out here, we actually have a lot of buildings that say, warning, this building is built by materials known to cause cancer. And they will tell you the name of the, of, of the ingredient in the building. Instead of just rebuilding the buildings, they just warn you, you're going to get cancer. <laughs> and I never took it because I never had cancer until I moved to California. And that's the weird thing is that mine showed up in my mid-20s for my first, you know, um, for the first time. It really is an everyday struggle to continue. And so what I want to do is try to make sure that no child that can avoid this cancer gets it. You know, if we have the responsibility, we, I mean, if we have the ability to turn off a valve that allows cancer-causing toxins to enter the water, it is our responsibility to do that. And I am more impassioned than ever, especially now going through my medications. Uh, it reminds me of how physically difficult it is. And I think of those kids that have to go through it, and it just, you know, it just, it's, it makes you cry. You know, it's, it's the worst thing you can imagine. And why do we do this? It makes no sense. And the only reason is that we're, we allow a little bit too much on the pollution side from, from these corporations. Now, I already did one documentary about water uh, pollution that gets dumped in the water. And then what happens is a lot of these corporations go into rivers and then the rivers go and the municipalities pull their water from the rivers. So they don't have the facilities in their little towns to get rid of everything that's coming out of these corporations. Like this one town I was in, they have polonium, they have radium, you know, they have chlorine, they have uh, arsenic, they have ammonia, they have everything that can cause cancer. It's incredible to me because we sort of, it's an invisible sort of danger. Um, you know, I call it the cancer of the body politic. The, the people that are supposed to have been looking out for us have actually turned against us and been overtaken, you know. Um, and so, and there are good, you know, obviously good folks out there, but we really need to make a change now and we need to focus on knowing that we, we can do that. And that's a power that people forget they have. Um, people forget how powerful their one voice is or how important their one decision is, you know, and all of us are powerful enough that the decisions we make, the world lives in those wakes, you know, behind us. So I think we have to choose positive. Uh, I'm now working with a group in Louisiana where it's a place called Cancer Alley and they have 600 times the national average of cancer from the air and from the water. So um, I'm going to go down there and paddleboard 85 miles of it as a fundraiser, uh, just for the groups that have to do with it, just to get money down to those kids that have cancer. And in the meantime, we're doing interviews and our own investigations through air tests, water tests, testing the fish that the people eat in the rivers. And I wanna know what's going down on down there and I wanna expose it as much as we can so that we can create a national conversation of change. You know, um, I think a lot of your listeners understand the power of that ability to change. And that is like, once you unlock that, it's amazing. And of course, you know that the society can do it and you know the government can do it. You know the businesses, everyone can do it because we've done it, you know? And uh, I think that that is a, it's a positive changeover that we need to make um, yeah. you know, in our world in entirety. So. so we'll actually be releasing a film in the fall. Um, we'll have more information on that pretty soon, but you know, we're getting a lot of the people together and we already have a great production crew behind it. And uh, we've got, like I said, the Louisiana Environmental Action Network, which they've been fighting against these cancer-causing chemicals for over 30 years now. Um, so it's going to be really great to go down there and 
you know, my idea is that I love documentary. <clears throat> I grew up doing film. I started when I was 13. Uh, I was professionally editing at age 17, uh, you know, um, and so for me, it's the way that I understand to express myself. And it's, it's the only voice that I really even have, you know, uh, I think ultimately. And, you know, my goal is, like I said, let's get this information out. Let's see what's happening down there and let's try to affect actual change. And so the production in itself, a lot of documentaries go in and take stories, but they leave the towns. And I think that that is wrong. You know, if you're making a documentary, it's always going to be about a topic of an injustice or of something that's going on. So you have to leave the town better than you found it, you know, in one way or the other. And the only way to do that in a documentary, not only tell their stories truthfully, but raise money for them and get money back into their you know, their causes, you know, um, there, there's so many poor communities in Cancer Alley that I'm really hoping we can raise a lot of money, you know, uh, that we can do, and 100% of it will go to them. So our documentary will be a positive change. Um, the first one that I did, percentage of the movie is going back to the groups that are fighting against this uh, pollution giant. Um, oh. And it's a Fortune 500 company, so, you know, they have, they have a, a will against it, but they were inspiring because I found a lot of grandmothers were fighting this mega corporation and they were winning, you know? And uh, you see that and you think exactly, you know, we, we can do anything. Um, you know, we just have to really set our mind to it. And, you know, change is always inside of us first. That's right, and that's well put, it is inside of us. Like nobody can make us happy, it has to come from us. Along those lines, well, first of all, one of the things I was writing earlier when you were talking, your disease is a sharpening stone. I love that, you know? And it just helps you like see things differently and uh, it just helps you like cut through life a little bit better. What do you do in the morning when you wake up and you're overwhelmed and your world is collapsing on top of you? What do you do to get out of that? That's a, that is a great question. Um, you know, for me, one of my favorite surfers, Bruce Irons, always said, happiness is an action, not a reaction. For me, when I get down or I get overly frustrated and I, I do feel overwhelmed a lot, you know, I'm always trying to create projects out of nothing. Nobody wants to fund them because they're, they're for people. They're not for money, you know. Um, it's a very hard world to work in. And I worked in conservation. That's almost impossible to get, to get money for, you know, and to help. Um, we were deep in the Amazon fighting poachers, you know. Uh, actually, my partner was stabbed. We had to shut down our, our investigation. So, I mean, you get to crazy stuff. So, I see a lot of negativity when I work, you know. When I'm working, I'm seeing terrible water tests. I'm meeting, you know, children that are sick. I'm seeing animals that are being exploited and killed for no reason. Um, so most of what I live in is actually negativity, but I'm super happy and positive. And one of the main things that I love to do in the morning is, uh, well, for one, I make sure to just carve out a half hour for myself. Uh, so you got to wake up earlier sometimes. You know, you can't just wake up at seven, be in at work by eight, because by nine, you're going to be like, ah, you know. So for me, uh, what I do is I wake up even earlier. And I make sure that I have a half hour to center myself so that I'm ready for whatever happens. And for me, like I said, it's surfing usually. I just run down to the water, take a half hour in the ocean. If I can't get down there because of my muscle spasms for my medicine and it's too dangerous, uh, then I meditate. And that's one of my favorite things to do and just have a little bit of morning time. But I think mental health and happiness is a really important tool in the fight for the future, whether that's you know, you want to change the world or you just want to change your position or you just, even if you're just happy with where things are, you know, we have that. But I think that people ignore themselves in our world too much in the rush of it all. Um, 
you know, when I had my stitches for the first time, my surgery, they had to do reconstructive surgery on my lower back, my spine, my, my cancer is wrapped around my tailbone. So they did this and I was in bed for six months, seven months, and I couldn't walk. And then when I started walking, I went to the gym and I said, help me walk, you know, and then I was really slow and I would start to go across the crosswalks and I'd start getting the hand, you know, like immediately. And I felt for the first time what it was like to be slow in a fast paced world. And it helped my mind also slow down. And I do think that finding personal, just that half hour of balance for yourself in a nice natural fashion, whether it's having a good cup of green tea, having a meditation, you know, if you're like me, you want to go surf or maybe jog. Some people, you know, like it, but that's, that's what I do. And I always come back ready to go and, and super excited and, you know, the bad guys are out there 24-7. They've got unlimited funds. I feel like I'm on a mission now to, to try to change things for the better. And so there's really no time to, to waste on, you know. Um, you got to keep yourself moving all the time. Always positive. Always positive. Yeah, and those are all powerful messages. And those are the types of things I prescribe for my clients, too. You know, if you wake up in the morning, I used to go to the gym a lot before the whole world shut down here. So I <laughs> pretty much every day. And I get there, and I'm, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. It's really early. I get up really early. So I'm there and I'm like getting fired up and then I have my caffeine and then I put on Metallica or some other kind of music to get me jacked up. And then I could do a few more pull-ups, a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. I could run a little faster because I'm listening to this music. I want that vibe to get jacked up. And then when I'm when it's time to leave, like that vibe's over. I need to stop carrying that vibe into the rest of my day. Now the good news is with this, if there's good news about the COVID and stuff like that, it's like, I don't go to the gym anymore. And I wake up every day and I get really centered and I exercise still every morning, but you're absolutely right. You know, that half hour, you know, if you only have 10 minutes, if you have a family or you have just a yeah. busy life, whatever it is, you have to take the time to calm yourself down. If you don't, if the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is see what the president's doing or see what other politicians are doing or, you know, what your family's doing or whatever it is on Facebook or, and then you get, as soon as you open your eyes, you're in this state of panic and fear. That's how your day's going to go. But if you can wake up and get centered, do a little exercise, do a little writing. I do a lot of writing, reading, meditating, learn something healthy and new and carry that's how your day's going to go. You know, carry that into your day. It's your choice how you want your day to go. But we're so conditioned to think negative fear crap. That that's how the day goes. Awesome message. And I love what you said. There's no time to be unhappy. Like we all we have is today. You know, it's like you said, you know, your input is your output. You know, uh, how you bring into your world is what you're going to give to everyone around there. And, and it's so true. If you wake up and you start getting into politics right away, the first thing you're going to be doing at the water cooler is like, you know, getting into an, uh, a bad conversation with somebody, you know, about about all that instead of bringing in something brand new and positive. And, and it's like you said, COVID has really put a weird dent on things, but there's a wonderful change happening that we're seeing where people are really now thinking consciously, what am I putting in my body? You know, what what's my water made of? What's my, what is all this stuff? And so we're seeing, you know, like now with the germs, people have a lot more, um, you know, ability to, to, to consider, you know, that, that they're out there. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard when you're trying to tell somebody, for example, there's air pollution and kids are getting sick. And it's like, what does that mean? You can't visualize it, you know? Uh, and it's the same kind of thing with, 
you know, with COVID. So at least now people are opening their minds a little bit more to understanding these, you know, um, even if we can't see it, we still have to deal with it. <laughs> and what are some of the other causes that, I know you work with other causes too. I know the water is the, the big one, or at least the current one. What, what are some of the other things that you have done? Well, you know, I, I, as soon as I was able to um, fully walk again, and I got all my strength back, I started working with a group called Earth Race Conservation. And what we did is we would go and um, do front line uh, defense for different um, eco projects. So our first one was in the Amazon and we traveled 1500 kilometers into the deep Amazon to bust out a, uh, an illegal ring. And what they do is they poach uh, animals from the Amazon. And it's so crazy. We did undercover video of, of the deals and you can buy an anaconda that they pull out of the Amazon for you for 60 us dollars. Um, so it's incredible, you know, and so we went in and we, we found monkey poachers, which was really difficult, but, um, we were able to stop that line from continuing. Um, and then we went and we stopped illegal fishing inside of marine protected areas through Cambodia, uh, the Philippines and Vietnam. And, uh, that was pretty intense. That's some, I mean, people are talking right now about Ecuador and, you know, the Chinese fleet that's showing up there, but I'll tell you, there are battles on the water. The, the trawlers were trying to sink us. Uh, you know, it was incredible. Um, you know, we were busting uh, fishing fleets that were taking out 60 million pounds, of, uh, 60 million tons, sorry, tons of fish from tribal fishing waters. But we would just drive right up, jump on the boats and say, hey, what's going on? And then, you know, so it was really fun. I had a great time doing that. Um, you know, and so when I was over there, I, that's when I heard of all the cancer here and I thought, you know, that I need to go back home and I need to help um, where I can. Because the idea was like, I just want to help the world. But then after I started traveling the world, I realized that I could only help so much in a foreign area, you know, when I had this problem at home and, you know, um, yeah, and, and then it really, it changed me over. And like I said, the cancer has completely switched me, you know, and, and you can't go back to the old way of thinking. And that's the other interesting part, right? Like, once you see that and you understand, you know, how you can sort of in a way manifest a lot of what's happening forward for you with your attitude and with your way you approach life. And then, wow. you know, it really, yeah, it makes everything a very exciting interaction and a very exciting moment. It is. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. People say like that awareness that you're talking about, it's a, both a blessing and a curse. I mean, it's a blessing that you, you understand, like if you're feeling down, why you feel that way, but you also have to feel everything and there's also a responsibility i think to give it away and you can't also go back to that negative way of thinking um without you know having to feel that responsibility of turning it around without knowing like you know i really need to be happy here today and flip my attitude around you know look at all the things i mean i think this is so inspiring all the things that you're doing even though you're sick you know, it's like you're not letting it, you're not letting your illness hold you back. You're fighting through uh, despite that. Now, what I wanted to piggyback on that is we all have our struggles, right? Mm -hmm. All of us and multiple struggles. So for a lot of people, you know, oh, I think if I take away the alcohol or the drugs or the whatever it is that's keeping me down, then the rest of life is just perfect. Right. But that's not true. Right. Are you, I'm sure you're dealing with other challenges and struggles in addition to your big one, of course. Exactly. 
You know what? Absolutely. That is a great point. I think that you're making, I, I think that that's a hundred percent right because it's, it's a, it's more holistic, you know, uh, it's, it's a bigger topic. What I found is all that negativity disappeared when I felt that I was becoming a positive force. And I really love to talk to people about what I call revolution through routine, which means that you can change the world without leaving your house. You don't have to go do what I do and go out into the middle of the jungle. You can literally change what toilet paper you buy or what water you buy. And these things have effects around the world because all the world is basically being taken for products. So, you know, that once you isolate and you find out, oh, if I just switch to this toilet paper, um, you know, that will save the forest. For example, Kirkland, anything that's called soft toilet paper is actually made from virgin pulp, which they, means it has to be a brand new tree. And it's also highly chlorinated and it's very toxic. So any toilet paper labeled soft is actually very destructive. So if you can buy anything else, um, you'll stop the destruction of the Canadian forest. Actually, it's, it all comes from the uh, um, boreal forest area up there. So, you know, that I find that when I talk to a lot of people and say, you know, you can change the world, just change this one little thing when you go shopping. And in a way, it gives them an understanding that they've made an accomplishment and they have changed the world. And, you know, we're all one giant voice. And so, you know, it really is something, but I think people need an empowerment. And I think that it's really important, you know, in conservation, cancer, um, all of that, it's people get bogged down, but forget about the empowerment aspects. You know, it's like you were saying, you know, uh, like people in recovery and the same with me in cancer. Look, we're all, everybody in recovery is everyday conscious, you know, and making choices. Uh, one of my best friends that I shoot a lot of projects with, um, you know, is, has re been recovered now for, I guess, maybe five or six years. And he's still, you know, it's always a, but he gets the empowerment and then it really does it. But the thing is, is like people with cancer like me, we don't have a seat at the table yet. Um, people that are in recovery still, I think in a lot of ways, don't have a full seat at the table either when it comes to business and how we operate, you know, uh, the way that things are advertised, you know, these things that are, that are destructive and that are terrible. And, you know, we see them in our societies, but yet the advertisements continue and the old ways of, of habits continue. And so we have this old kind of, you know, realm that we need to break out of. And, you know, and I think people, you know, we, and we all have that same journey, you know, uh, which is taking that negative, you know, and then suddenly there's a hole and that used to help us with whatever we were doing. And now we have to replace that with an empowerment of some form. That is interesting. Yeah. And we call well, yes. The reason most people fail in their recovery, sobriety, or on their journeys and, and whatever, like life mastery, like if you want to achieve a goal, most people fail at it because of, well, one, they're just thinking about it. They're not like putting any type of, uh, work into it really they're just like it's fleeting thoughts or i want to do this and then but i'm going to go do this instead or they don't put a plan down there's no real action and when you get into um same thing with recovery with uh overcoming challenges like you're dealing with it's like you have to um you, you can remove that old behavior and then you have to fill in positive healthy happy habit ha positive healthy happy habits thoughts and recondition your old beliefs and behaviors, the way that you used to think about things, react to things, 
right? Like what you're talking about, I love it. It's like if for your pain, your disease, your suffering caused you to see the world differently and put you in a more of an altruistic, helpful state rather than a what's in it for me kind of state. Very true. Yeah, it completely changed me over and um, it gave me a new appreciation, like I said, for my, for my every day. And, uh, you know, for four years, I've been volunteering and doing all this stuff on my own dime. You know, um, I never take money from the, the communities that I work with or anything. I pay for their water tests, you know. And I think I, it's nice to have a purpose finally. And, uh, you know, that's what my cancer was a blessing. And, you know, a lot of people think it's, it's a death sentence, but it's not. Um, you know, it's, I mean, for me, it is a life sentence. I'll never get rid of it, but that's good because I don't want to get rid of it. You know, some people go in remission and it works for them, but I do need to constantly be reminded that I can do more to help and I can push a little further and I can be a little better and always be a little happier in one way or another, you know? So there's always ways you can want to work on yourself and, yeah, you know, and, I love and, uh, your attitude. it's really inspiring. It, it really is because of it's perspective. It's like, what stupid thing are you worrying about today? Like, how important <laughs> right. is that really? And it's usually selfish. A lot of those things. Like, if I get into fear, anger, resentment, or I start worrying about finances or whatever it is, it's usually because I'm thinking about myself too much. What can I do to get out of myself? Go help somebody. Go, yeah. you know, open the door for somebody. Help somebody put groceries in their car. You know, and it doesn't have to be this. Or you don't have to make a film. To help somebody i mean what you're doing is profound and over the top but when you talk about there's little things you could do each day to help somebody and if we all took on that attitude every day if all seven billion people or whatever's here woke up and was like how can i help somebody else today even if half of those people woke up that way if half of us woke up three billion people three and a half billion people woke up and said how can i be of service today like how much different would the world be? Yeah, that's that's a beautiful thought. I love that because that is just sending out the most positive energy. And you know, our positive energy is fighting right now to maintain its itself in this crazy time that we're in at the moment. And you know, it really, yeah, that that would change the world right there. I've never thought of that. That's a really beautiful thing. It's interesting because a lot of people that I do talk to that that have cancer. Do you say the same thing also that they feel like it was a gift? You know, like you were saying earlier that a lot of people you speak to in your field feel that they have been given a gift. And so, you know, to everybody that just is feeling negative or difficult or feel like there's a giant mountain, you know, in front of them and they're just pushing a giant square metal, you know, cube up it. Um, you know, you got to remember that as long as you stay true to your heart and you follow what you love and what you believe in and make sure to love yourself, you know, give yourself that half hour. I just can't stress it enough how important it is. You know, if you need empowerment, help, you know, help somebody pick up some groceries. Um, you know, there's a lot of elderly people, you know, that always need help. And there's always help in the communities. And helping one person is more impactful than even, for, I think, than getting the word out to, uh, you know, thousands. Like, I think just actually helping one human is, that's the face of change and beauty and positivity that we need. To have a better future so i'm, awesome. I'm excited and yeah, you know, yeah that's really great and thank you so much for sharing that so if anybody wanted to get in touch with mr eric crown how would they do that uh you can, you know what i made it easy you can just go to ericycrown.com and uh yeah that's my website um i use my middle initial just because 
It's a K and a C, and it's sort of a unibrow of a name, you know, Eric Crown. But uh, now it's ericecrown.com. And you can go there, and I've got a podcast called The Conservation Conversation that I do weekly where we try to bring in guests or talk about positive things that are happening in the eco world, um, as well as a couple more projects coming up. And then I have a few direct action projects. So if people are coming out of the COVID and they want to start traveling again and they want to do some good uh, eco-responsible traveling, uh, we're going to set up some guides to help people understand what good eco-tourism is, or they can come down and protect some turtles with me down in Nicaragua or some other places. So, uh, you know, anybody that wants to join, we, you know, we'd love to have you there. And um, yeah. Well, thanks, Eric. It was so awesome talking to you. You're such an inspiration and um, I really appreciate that. Stay positive. Everybody else who's listening, stay positive. There's no time for negative, right? No time for it. Thanks awesome, so much man. for having me on, man. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Funky Brain Podcast. Have a great day today, and we'll see you soon. Bye for now. So you can't think your way into a new way of acting. You have to act your way into a new way of thinking and being. Hi, I'm Dennis Berry, best-selling author, speaker, and life coach for addiction recovery. So many people are stuck in their addiction, whether it's like drugs or alcohol or food or shopping or sex or money, and they think they can just stop or try to figure it out on their own, but they don't change anything in their lives. Nothing changes if nothing changes. In order for change to happen, you have to change something. My clients will be like, oh, I'll stop tomorrow, or if this happens, then I stop, or someday I'll just give it up. And then they just sit around and think, 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 and hope for different or better results, but it doesn't happen. You have to take action. Action most people aren't willing to take. People don't become willing until they're in enough pain, me included. And unfortunately, they wait, and they wait and time passes by. Even if you are willing, you don't even know where to begin. And that's where I come in. In my best-selling book, Funky Wisdom, A Practical Guide to Life, I talk about the how approach. How do I get sober? How do I stop doing drugs? How do I become healthier? How do I have more successful relationships? How do I become more financially successful? And the answer is how. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. I have to honestly admit that there's a problem. I have to honestly admit that things aren't going well and there needs to be changes. And then once I do that, the door opens and I become open to seeing new ways of living. And then I become willing to make those changes. You can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. That's why I'm here to help. And you know, I've been working with clients for over 15 years and helping them get clean and sober and change their lives and achieve inner peace and success. If you or somebody you love is struggling and doesn't know where to begin and how to make those changes to get to where they need to be, give me a call. Not tomorrow or in a week from now when you are hungover and your life is falling apart. Call now. Start making that change today and you'll be glad that you did. I'm sending you love and good vibes. Have a great day today.